Kia ora and welcome. I'm Boris Lamont and this is the New Zealand Wine Podcast. Thanks for joining us for what is episode 50 of the New Zealand Wine Podcast, which is very exciting and quite aptly for this episode we're speaking with Craig Gasson from Lamont Wines in Bendigo, Central Otago of New Zealand. Craig studied in Australia, uh, came from a teetotaling family and uh, decided to get into wine um, and has a journey uh, that um, extends from being in Bendigo to working in other places around the world and then cycling back to Bendigo Central Otago again. So right now let's go have a chat with Craig. Good morning Craig. Morning Boris. Uh, nice to have you here, thanks for coming in. Oh, thanks for having us in. So um, where, did your, where did your wine journey start? Um, it started in the port of Nelson um, as an underage drinker actually to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, I grew up in Nelson and uh, in Tahunanui and on the way into town I think it's turned pre-loading these days and uh, me and my mates we stop in Port Nelson at the friendly um, bottle shop that used to serve us um, brown beverages and uh, we were there one night um, before we went into town having a few beers and uh, a mate of mine bought a bottle of wine from mum's cupboard and um, stolen obviously uh, and it turned out to be a, a bottle of Nordoff Chardonnay and oh, after well, drinking mm. some beers we popped the top in uh, the cork in and started swigging on it and it was just a little epiphany moment that alcohol wasn't just about getting pissed and yeah. the cheapest form you could find. Right, yeah, there was something else to uh, be enjoyed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. well, you know, and, and quite a nice label to, uh, to start on for your first... Oh, I thought uh, it was great. <laughs> yeah. It was better than Black Tower, so <laughs> yeah. we did very well. It was a very classy start. Yeah, very good, very good. So that was like a little um, epiphany, and then, and then you sort of, what went on from well, there? Well, what went on after that, um, that sort of moment stuck with me. I, I went to university and studied um, political science and economics and failed miserably, uh, but during my first year at Canterbury Uni, I explored wine tastings, uh, I went to wine club things and then in tutorials I used to bring wine along and one day the tutor said I think maybe you're studying the wrong thing and perhaps you've got a, have an interest elsewhere and that was the moment when I decided I needed to uh, formally study for the culture and winemaking. Right, right, okay. So follow follow where your where your real interest was. And yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just, yeah. I mean, I grew up in a teetotal house, so it was right. come from nowhere. Yes, yep. yeah, yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Okay, and so, yeah, what, what happened? What did you say? So you took that advice on board? Yeah, no, so what I did is I um, looked around what to do and uh, then decided the best place to go was Adelaide University. So uh, enrolled to go there. Um, had to defer a year so that I could go and earn some money because I was going to be an overseas student. So I went and worked on a vineyard in uh, New South Wales was in 1995, a massive 600 hectare operation, uh, and my first job was hoeing weeds and um, gassing rabbits out of rabbit holes for a new development, so great jobs. <laughs> right, yeah, well, it's, you know, it's a good start at the, um, at the ground level. Well, I'm still chipping weeds now, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, good. And so, um, whereabouts in New South Wales is that? Uh, it's a place called Mudgee. Uh, right. It's an Aboriginal name for Nest in the Hills. It's actually quite a nice area. Yep. It's sort of not known as a major um, famous wine-growing region of Australia, but makes some bloody good wines there. But I had a family contact there, so um, yep. that's how I got into it. So yep. my first job was yeah, there. Good, good. And so was it Roseworthy that you'd enrolled Yeah, with? it's the Waite Institute now. So the, the university moved into the city, and um, we got a first year on North Terrace, which was great. A um, bit of a mix of all different students and then we uh, the last three years was the Waite Institute which is just on the sort of outskirts of the city mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that it was so a, a year working on the vineyard you know saving up your money and then you went into yeah went and into then study. did a four-year viticulture and oenology degree yep yeah yep. which was a fantastic um course I look back now and think it was just such good times right yeah 
Buddhism so, study. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Oh, um, unbelievable. Met great people, learned so much and worked with some of the people that, you know, when you read your books now of your technical books and wine and uh, viticulture, you know, those guys are my lecturers and things. Yeah. So it was amazing. Right. Yeah, I think, um, just trying to recall, I think it was John Hancock was one of the first people to go go through there. I think when it was sort of just starting out or they just got the, you know, just started doing that as a, as a degree. Is it quite a, quite a big... Um, intake now they have oh it's that. massive yep. yeah super popular it's, yep. I think it needs I don't know how I think I got in as an adult student because I was 23 which is quite ironic um, but I think the grade average requirement something like trying to get into medical school Oh, oh, it's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. A lot of science. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and people come from around the world now? For- yeah, a lot of Aussies, um, but there's always Kiwis in there, and then you'll get a few in the postgrad course. It'll be Americans and South Africans and things like that. I'm mm-hmm. not sure how it's evolved. I mean, I graduated in 2001, so I'm not sure whether um, Chinese, that sort of thing, have, have, have come on board. I really don't know now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so four years there? Yeah, four years there. Um, and while I was there, I worked every holiday in every wine region pretty much in the country. Um, planted vineyards in Yarra Valley, went back to Mudgee, um, went over to WA to visit things there, have a look around, worked in pruning in McLaren Vale, Barossa, Clare Valley. So I just worked everywhere pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Needed yeah. the money, but also needed the experience. Yeah, nice, nice. Any Anything stand out for you from that time of, of moving around? Any? Um, oh, no, it's just the variation in Australia is quite cool. And I love the Adelaide Hills. Um, right. Just think it's a stunning place. If I ever went back to Aussie, I'd probably want to go to the Adelaide Hills. I think, yeah, my first choice. Stunning landscape. Yeah, mm. yeah. And is that is that the region? Uh, like, do they do they that, that, what's they brand that? It's region a sub-region. Yeah, the Adelaide Hills. Yeah, Adelaide yep. Hills. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. And so you like some of the stuff that comes. Yeah, out Yeah, Chardonnay's, well? Pinots up there. So it's a bit cooler in the hills. Right. Um, yeah. I'm not really a flat track big juicy Shiraz kind of guy no. so um, yeah the Adelaide Hills would have been more interesting yeah. for me I did spend a little bit of time up there and yeah working oh good mm. and so w- what happened then finished your, finished uh, your so studies so my last year at university um, we had this guy in, our, in my course who was um, sponsored by one of the big wine brands and so the, the tech conference was coming up and uh, he um, got given all these passes to go to all these workshops and uh, he went through them all and chose the ones with all the best lunches and trips and then he gave me one to a downy and powdery mildew workshop and I was like great <laughs> so I went to that and funnily enough they're having a cup of tea I met my boss well my future boss there so I was in my last six months of uni and luckily I graduated with a job to go to in central Otago so that was to go and work at Lamont right right okay so he, he just happened to be there yeah he was learning about Danny and powdery mildew and other exciting things um, which was a great <laughs> it was a great session yeah um, over a cup of tea we just had a bit of a chat and uh, then we just stayed in touch and then yeah he was just developing a new vineyard so needed someone on board so worked great right and so that was the what what is now the Lamont. Yeah, so um, that was the birth of Lamont, and I was, yep. I was there at the inception. Yeah, nice, nice. And so, um, just for, let's describe where that is. So we're we're uh, so we're on the Loop Road in Bendigo. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you go into Loop Road from the Cromeline with the first vineyard there on the left, that was the sort of home block. So developed that uh, in two thousand two thousand one, uh, and then. Um, ran another vineyard for Lamont up on the corner of Loop Road, so where mm-hmm. the loop sort of goes in and then goes out again, yep. right on the top there. Uh, and so those are the two initial vineyards right. for Lamont. And so who are your neighbours around there? Um, so neighbours there are Gibson Valley, Quartz Reef. Um, at the initial stage, was Gibson Valley and Quartz Reef and Mondillo. Uh, then came Prophets Rock, uh, Zebra, and um, Mudhouse, and those sorts of ones came, right. the next sort of sweep of vineyards. Right. So we're sort of one of the early ones there. Yep. Yeah, and so you say that you were there from the inception. So was that actually planting? Did you? Yeah, planting vineyards and developing the vineyards. Yeah, right, yep. right, okay. 
Okay, so that would have been um, that would have been you know what, coming out of your studies and then starting at the very beginning would have been. Oh, it's would amazing! You come out of uni and and you um, it's quite humbling because you leave uni and you think you know a lot, but you actually don't. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> book smart, but you're yeah. really not. Um, work smart yeah. so um, I was lucky I was working with a guy who's got a very good solid background in business so I got and, and sort of a bit of a became a bit of a, a tutor in how to manage um, people business that sort of thing so I got a good grounding on that and we yeah. sort of worked out the viticulture together really to be honest right right okay and so was that all, all about like even like um sourcing the the rootstock and deciding um, a lot of that well some of the later development was that but initially what um, was done with Lamont was Larry McKenna and Dave Jordan were consultants ah, so okay. they came on board with um, soil mapping the vineyard and then rootstock selection clonal selection um, varietal balance all that sort of stuff right okay okay yep so yep. you got the big dogs in at the start. Yeah, so that would have been nice Yeah, we were the first vineyard sort of... to be soil mapped in Central Otago ah, properly, right. so everything's planted based on soil type. Right, okay. And, and uh, interesting for you, great experience for you to be sort of watching what they were doing and- Oh, it was great. See yeah, that, I mean, you, you leave uni, you're, I mean, I've done, you know, six years behind me in, in experience of working, but you're still a total rookie, mm. absolute rookie. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, cool. And so um, how long did it take before um, you had your first um, production from... Uh, so 2003 was our first vintage. Okay. Yeah, so we had some fruit in 2002, but decided not to do a vintage that year. And so, so, sorry, so when was the planting? What year was the planting? 2000, 2001. 2000, 2001. Okay, so a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. You, so you get the third year and take a crop. Yep, yep, yep. And um, what was that like, sort of getting your first... Oh, it's really, um, it's exciting. It's yeah. sort of like the birth of something new. It's pioneering yeah. sort of thing. So that is a sub-bridge, you know, Courts Reef for the first ones in and then we're there and taking a crop, you know, a year or two after them. Yeah, it was, it was exciting. It was sort of all on the fly working out how it's going to work. Um, yeah. Yeah, great though, great fun. And what was that, um, Pinot Noir? Pinot Noir, Pinot Green, Riesling. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. good. Good. And so were you involved in the winemaking as well? That yeah, to some degree, yeah, yeah. But initially my thing was viticulture. Yeah. I'm a real... Um, I'm a Ute and dog and outdoor kind of enjoy. Yep. I shouldn't say outdoors like I go mountain climbing because I don't. I'm quite lazy on my weekends, but I love being out in the vineyard. So yep. primarily my focus was the vineyard. Right, yeah. right. Okay, okay. Ah, very cool. And so um, how, was, how was that, getting that first you know, production and actually seeing what it was like. What, oh, it's immensely exciting to yeah. see it when it's labelled up. Yeah. Um, well, I've always, the label's been the same since it started and, you know, when you first saw that first bottle come off the line, yeah, it's exciting. It's, you know, even though I'm a, I'm a part of it, even though I don't own it, you still feel really invested in it, so, which is funny enough now that I own the business, so right. I've done the full circle. <clears throat> right, right, okay, okay. So you... um. And then, so from there, what did that sort of indicate anything to you? Did, was there anything um, that sort of you went, well, oh, okay, this is... Um, I, I really, I fell in love with Bendigo. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely biased about Bendigo. Um, and was amazed that I could end up coming back there. So what I did after, uh, I did about six years in Bendigo at Philemont. Mm-hmm. And then I actually had a, a really bad Thai takeaway in Wanaka. And by saying that, I've, there's only one Thai takeaway in Wanaka. <laughs> um, and one night I just sat there and I thought, the world's got to be a bit more exciting than this, than Wanaka, which is a lovely place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I decided I was young enough to still get my um, ticket to go to Europe and base out of England. So after six years, I thought, oh, I might just go and see the world a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'd, I love being a Bendigo so much that I thought, oh, I might stay there for the rest of my life and right. marry a bogan chick and have six kids. And, you know, I was really scared that that might be my lot. So I needed to explore. <laughs> explore expand your horizons a bit. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, yeah, and that, that's probably quite possible. I mean, you landed in a, in a, 
you know, a lovely spot, you know, a great place to make wine, a perfect opportunity. Um, but you know, that is the um, that is yeah, the, the danger, isn't it? That you go, you don't, yeah, you don't want to hit the, the good thing too early mm. when you still need to get some experiences. Go out and make some mistakes or more mistakes. You yeah. know, that's yeah. important. I yeah. Think. So where, where did you head to? Uh, so oh, typical, you know, you want to go somewhere in the wine industry. It's exotic. So I went to England. Um, <laughs> pretty much decided, you know, just I'll go there and then see what I do. Yeah. Uh, went over there. And then while I was um, landed, I'm, I'm pretty active about getting out and finding things. So I went down to a winery down in Kent called Chapel Down. Walked in the door and just sort of told them who I was and what my experience was. And they were like, this is a setup or something because we're looking for someone right now to develop what we're doing so they offered me a job pretty much on the spot yeah so you've you've got good timing obviously uh sometimes yeah yeah, sometimes sometimes so i went in there and um they said great we need someone to go out who knows how to find land and we need to plant new vineyards so i got given a land rover a a fuel card and a credit card and said explore the um kent and sussex and find us land to buy and plant vineyards so i did it yeah Yeah. nice so this is what we've seen um, 2007? 2007 yeah yeah okay so yeah, I finished cause... vintage 2007 uh, did a vintage at Maud that year and then after I finished the vineyard did a vintage at Maud then got on the plane and went to England and then yeah it was straight away looking for and and they were looking for um, places to plant for um, for, for, for sparkling for... yeah I yep. said to them one of my um, conditions is I'm not planting Germanic varieties hmm. Crazy yep. Germanic varieties. So, uh, yeah, said, look, let's, they want to do sparkling wine. And I was sort of, again, speaking the pioneering type thing, I was there at the start of the next big wave. Yes. Like yeah, I planted was... the biggest vineyard in England at the time. Right. Which is not saying much. It was only yeah. 100 acres. But really interesting, exciting. I mean, I got interviewed on the BBC and all this because they were yeah. so, it was such a queer thing. Yes. That yeah. some Kiwi bloke was looking for land and planting grapes on a large scale. Yeah, so that was the beginning of, of when... Um, some of those regions around that's southern England isn't it yeah, were, yeah. Was, were recognised then as being hey potentially there are some specific spaces blocks that yep. could actually produce some, some site specific quality. normally yep. what I found was people with the money who owned the land decided that their site was the specific site <laughs> which I sometimes dis- disagree with <laughs> yeah. and say viticulturally I don't agree yeah. I think you're a bit too close to the coast there but yep. that was really interesting yeah. Amazing. I met some amazing. Um, I remember one time I had to go and see a lord at his house. He mm. lived in this sort of place in Peasmarsh. And I said to my boss, I'm not sure how to introduce myself to him. And he said, Just be yourself. So I thought that was a bit dangerous. So for some reason, I went in there and just put on a thick Australian accent, even though I'm a Kiwi, and went, G'day, mate, nice to meet you, and big handshake. And I could see his, like, uh, I don't know if it was call him his butler or his aide, was just sort of like tutting and shaking his head. But I thought, What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so was that also when some of the um, French houses were looking around? At they were sort of uh, just coming after. I mean, they'd right. obviously been sniffing around, but yep. I'd sort of found a patch of land um, up near a village called Aylesford, sort of right near the M20, M2. Oh, okay. Um, right near London. You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I had lorries going down one highway behind me, the Eurostar yeah. behind the other one. It was really a very unusual thing. Coming from Bendigo where it's so isolated to that was amazing. Yes. Um, but yeah, the French were then sort of starting to talk about sniffing around and looking at land. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was just when they were doing it. Right, okay. And so, and what was the name of the um, the um, producer that you were- oh, I worked for Chapel Down. Chapel Down, okay. Mm. I think they're, I- I think um, they're the biggest producer there. Yeah. Um, did a lot of sparkling wine. Yeah, yeah. I think I might have- um, uh, been been and visited them, or maybe where they do the the production. Yeah, it in Kent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Oh, uh, some awesome producers over there now. Yeah. The wine's quite expensive, but there's some really nice um, producers around Kent and Sussex. Yeah, and and um, quite a distinct 
um, type of sparkling, isn't it? You can- yeah, racy acidity. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, I think they're still learning, getting to grips with managing that a wee bit. Um, yeah. They may have a good summer this year. It's been so hot, yes. so yeah, they might, they might uh, have a better year this year. But yeah, yeah sometimes the searing acidity in them is probably a little bit too yeah. much, but some of the better people who manage their vineyards well um, always sort of seem to get through. Yeah. Oh, cool, yeah. and so yeah, it's quite exciting to be at the the forefront of oh, that crazy. wave. Yeah, oh, it was crazy. Mm. Um, I was so I was there, two thousand seven. So found the land in two thousand eight. We were um, just sort of getting set up and getting things organised. It was a massive um, infrastructural build for me, the biggest one I'd done. So I had to engage French nurserymen who are amazing and really skilled at what they do uh, and you know finding posts I had stuff from scratch finding all my supplies and stuff uh, we were just about to sort of start doing it then I uh, ended up in hospital for a long period of time with cancer so um, oh. I managed to um, still do the job do it going through chemotherapy which was amazing I looked like a really waif Billy Corgan um, and there's a bit of my DNA in that vineyard actually <laughs> I was quite ill at the time but it was actually a really good project to focus on at the time so yeah it was uh, challenging but yeah we got it done well that's quite a big um, big challenge to go through oh yeah it's more challenging for the people around you you're the centre of attention when it's you so it's more the people like my wife and fa- her family that yeah, were sure. bore the brunt mm. of it I was just mm. being looked after I had someone drive me around and all that sort of stuff so right. I was pretty well looked after yeah and so did, was that how, how long was that oh it was about yeah. nine months to a okay. year yeah yeah, that, yeah. 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 wow, wow. Through, still living today yeah good on you <laughs> good on you very good very good always speaking with um, Craig Gasson from Lamont Wines which is probably one of the uh Best name labels, I think, uh, around, of course. <laughs> oh, you're not biased at all, no, Lamont. No, 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 not biased at all. Um, so that's great. So you, you, you survived that and got through that. and um, Yeah, we've got the vineyard up to um, first harvest. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I just did two harvests out of it and really chuffed to see another project come off. And I mean, that vineyard's producing some of the best sparkling out of, uh, out of England now and some of the most expensive. I planted about 10 clones of Chardonnay and a stack of different Pinot clones just to sort of, you know, it was, it was partly experimental, um, but worked on more um, sort of planting um, some Burgundian sort of clones of Pinot so that they could get riper rather than the sparkling ones, but a bit of mix of anything. It was a bit experimental. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good. So you got it to second vintage, and then I got sick of the weather. Uh, I got sick of fly-tipping people and thieving gypsies. Um so it became quite a social experiment. Normally, when you plant a vineyard or designing a vineyard, you know you'll do a weather, you'll do the weather, the soil, um, all that sort of stuff. I never thought you'd have to do a social one, but you right. do in England to right. work out. I mean, the amount of theft and fly tipping was amazing. Oh, yeah, oh. it's quite frustrating actually. What's fly tipping? So they drive along and then they go, "Oh, there's a field. Let's chuck all our um, plasterboard and waste in it." So they just dump all rubbish oh. in your vineyard. Oh. Um, the police, you'd ring the police. The police would come and help tow their truck out and do nothing about it. So I. Tried to argue the, um, I think it's the Northland Farmers Defence where you can fire two shots and the second one's the warning shot. And funnily enough, I was telling a police uh, constable there at the time and I couldn't see the other constable in the car. He was a Kiwi and he said, No, we're not in New Zealand now, you can't do that. So it was quite funny. All <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Okay, well, a few different things to um, to contend with, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, but no, it's great. Great geographic. time. I mean, I love English beer. Yeah. I love English pubs. Right. I love yeah. English cheese, the culture, yeah. uh, the Closeness to Europe, like we went all traveling around Europe, all that sort of stuff. Yep. Visited, I went on lots of tech conferences, went to Bordeaux a number of times for the big right. uh, seminars and just seeing all the gear. Like it's on a different scale there to here. Um, so that was really good. The nursery guys, like I said, the vines, the quality of their plants, the 
how cheap they were compared to what you pay in New Zealand. Um, all that sort of stuff was uh, just yeah, mind-blowing to learn. And the history also, we were doing the vineyard in um, Aylesford and I got a call from the University of Birmingham wanted to do an archaeological dig. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool, that sounds great. Uh, so they came along and, and after a bit of paperwork done, they came along and did a dig because it was an old um, sort of pagan sites around there. So they're doing a dig and I'm Kiwi, so totally curious about what they're finding. And the funny thing was, they were looking for things older than what I thought was old. So I said, oh, have you found anything? They said, oh, yeah, we found these old um, hammers and little um, spear tips and blah, 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 and working tools. And I went, oh, that's amazing. They went, no, they're not old enough. We're looking for stuff in the pagan era and right. not this sort of... <laughs> yeah. I was like, I couldn't believe it. So, yeah. Yeah, so there was amazing history yeah. there too. Yeah, it's a different level, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool, and, and so you got you got some exposure to other stuff in you know, wine regions outside. Oh yeah, the UK totally. Went to Italy, uh, France, proximity. and that sort of yep. thing. Didn't get to Spain or Portugal, but keen to do that next time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was just amazing exposure. Kind so of, how thought. long did you spend up there? And so it's four years in the UK. Yep. Um, and then decided, oh, you know, had a there was a life changing thing that happened with the cancer. So I thought, oh, you know, what what do we want to do? And wanted to go in a different direction. Um, there's a lot of bad weather in England as you know so you sort of have to rely on a um, bit of chemistry to get through the grapes and it's not really my thing so um, my wife decided to get on some job listing things for wine jobs online uh, found me a job and for shits and giggles sent my CV off to a few places around the world and I ended up uh, getting a job in Canada so I went to the oh. Okanagan after that Oh, okay. So, sorry, where's that? In the Okanagan in British Columbia in Canada. British Columbia, okay. Yeah. 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 And that was a whole different level that was uh what I call rock and roll uh, wine industry thing. I um, got accepted with an interview and they said, we need you to fly over to Canada. I was like, wow, you know, normally for an interview in New Zealand, you get a pie and a coffee in a tea room somewhere yeah. um, or a Skype call. So I had to fly to Toronto from London to meet the French consultant. And then I had to fly on to the British Columbia to go to the vineyard uh, and had a two day trial uh, sort of um, interview process there right. quite extensive mm. uh, and then I had to fly to Vancouver to meet the recruitment agent um, it's amazing I'd never been through such a, a rigmarole on so many flights and yeah. got on um, and then flew back to um, as I was just going through to um, the check out uh, to check in to fly out the guy said oh you've been offered the job so my flight from the vineyard to Vancouver they'd been chatting obviously and said offer him the job so uh, flew back to London, had a chat with the wife, and she was like, let's do it. So um, up sticks and moved to BC. Wow, wow, okay. And so what, what, what's um, tell us about that winery. What um, winery so it's called Colmener, and it's um, owned by a guy, Don Triggs, and his wife, Elaine, and he used to own Vincor Canada. And he's got a famous sort of label, Jackson Triggs, are the big dogs in Canada. Um, sold out to um, Constellation oh, a couple of years back, so made a bit of coin out of it. And then he decided he wanted to do a small project of his own with his family based. So um, that was me. Um, so they already had a bit of an established vineyard, and then I went over and planted new vineyards. And me, along with uh, winemaker Matt, we um, made the first vintage of their new label. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So another another sort of startup then. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. a startup guy. Yeah. 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 People probably think I can't last somewhere, but <coughs> no, just um, yes, got that started up. And really interesting place. Canada's an amazing country. Great people. They say like Kiwis like Canadians and Aussies like Americans, you know. Yeah. So Canadians are awesome. Yeah. Great people. Met some in the two years I was there, met some awesome people. Yeah. Yeah. And so so what um, what varietals did we uh, mainly Bordeaux. So mm-hmm. we were doing like cabs and Merlot's Cab Front, which was great and interesting for me. Because yep. coming from New Zealand, you know, we don't do those sorts of things, you mm-hmm. know, I'm not in the Hawke's Bay. Um, and I was right on the US border, so I could finish work, uh, cross the border, go and get a couple of gallons of milk and some fuel and some beer um, the local um, 
a shopping center you could go and buy guns and ammo and camo gear and all sorts of stuff and then drive back across the border and go home right you know, so, and as a Kiwi we don't have borders so yeah. I was fascinated with doing that <laughs> yeah. all the time crossing <laughs> yeah. borders yeah. <laughs> your daily crossing of the border oh I loved it and they yeah. said like you know well, what's your reason for going to America and I said six pack of beer and um, pint of milk and then you're coming back through they'd say Why, how long have you been out of Canada for and it'd be like 24 minutes it was awesome <laughs> I was absolutely fascinated by it <laughs> yeah. oh, very cool and so how long did you spend there yeah so there's two vintages there two mm-hmm. seasons mm-hmm. and um, we lived in a town called Penticton it was a great little town and there's a whole lot of cool little sub-regions around there um, so yeah two years there and then we came back just because the opportunity to take over Le Mans came, came back up again yeah right so well, we, what we're doing is well as in Canada um, my old boss from um, Le Mans he'd sort of moved on to bigger things and said do you want to come back and take over Le Mans and uh, so few too many wines and lack of due diligence signed up <laughs> oh okay and so that was actually um com- coming on board as a um as, as a partner as no as the you know, total owner of the brand oh, total, oh, okay, so what right. i did my first step in it was uh take over the brand and mm-hmm. then take because i wanted to have absolute provenance of my wine mm-hmm. always wanted to have that so i took over the brand and then had um the ability to take fruit from the vineyard right which was okay. important so i didn't want to become one of those sort of negotiate model ones where I'm just going around picking up fruit everywhere else and then my brain had to have the provenance of the vineyard that I planted and helped develop and, and get going so that's that's a core focus of sure. what we do. And so is that 2010, 2011 something? Uh, when I came back 2012. 2012. Yeah so okay. I was gone for six years. Yeah, yeah. right right okay. It was a good break came back and the Thai restaurant had upgraded oh, and good. there was more choices of ethnic food <laughs> yeah. and Monica and it was great so yeah. I was happy. Yeah well it's still uh, it's still on a pretty um uh, steep growth path in Wanaka, isn't it? It's oh, absolutely. Crazy. Um, good. Okay. So then you, you came back 2012 um, and then did you did you sort of revamp the, the label and what you were what doing? What I want to do is just put new energy into it. Yep. So what we wanted to do is just sort of, um, sort of try and get our story together of how it was going. So, you know, it's not boy done good or anything like that, but it was, you know, I was in the original part of it. My heart was always in it. You know, I was the guy six years overseas. I was still ringing Lindsay all the time going, what's happening? What's going on? What's going on? And like when he decided, you know, that needed new energy, I was his first port of call because he goes, you're the most passionate person about it. And like I really believed in it. Absolutely. The philosophy of what we were doing was great and what I'd learned from it. So I really wanted to get back into that, you know, hmm. felt comfortable. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so, and, and how was that for you? Sort of coming back to oh, it was terrible. Coming back. A, no, it's terrible. Because <laughs> you come back with all these like silly ideals that you go, oh, selling wine's easy, you know. Um, and oh, it'd be great. I uh, came back and I went from a very solid six-figure salary, and in my first year of Lamont, I earned twelve grand. Right. Yeah. yeah and we got to know what pot noodles and frozen <laughs> yeah. peas were like. So yeah. yeah, we went backwards quick. So yeah, I got hungry very quickly to to grow it. To grow it. Yeah. 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 And good. grow it in a way of getting the brand and selling wine is yep. massively important when you're small. Right, yeah, okay. Because there is a, you know, it's a bit of a dying breed, small Yes, wineries. yeah, yeah, no, that, yeah. that's right. And so you've been, so since then you've been involved back again in uh, pretty much the whole range of activities. That, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. no, yeah. it's, um, yeah, nuts and bolts from cleaning the toilet, doing accounts, hmm. involving winemaking, doing viticulture, everything. So yeah. we've grown, since I've come back, we've grown, you know, in the last six years, we ha- actually have grown in more ways, new vineyards yeah. and um, sales increased, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, added a couple of new items to the to the lineup. Mm-hmm. And so it must, it must be, you know, obviously hard work, but it, immensely satisfying doing that from start to finish that you know having that visibility that involvement in the whole process of, of, sort of the that. wine and taking it and then talking to people about the finished product as well oh I love it um, I 
do get told I talk too much. You'll probably have to edit a lot of this back. We'll probably <laughs> sit here for two hours and you'll yeah. take it down to an hour conversation. Um, I really enjoy it. I didn't at the start. I had to learn how to get in front of people and mm. I was quite shy and not very good at it. I mean, I remember my, one of my first meetings when I worked at Lamont, like I was saying to you before, when I was, uh, you start out, you don't really know anything. Even communication with other people was terrible. Mm. Um, and so I had to learn really quick and not be f- afraid of going and visiting people, knocking on doors, being a bit bold, being brave, not being scared of other things. You know, I remember when I first went to Burgundy and sort of you're driving in and I expected to be like overawed and freaked out by this is amazing. And I came over the hill and I was with my wife and I just went, it's just vineyards. Mm. It's just got heaps of history yeah. is what we don't have. Yes. But the skill set of New Zealand winemakers, vineyard managers, viticulturalists, salespeople, we've got all the skills. Mm. Um, we just don't have the history and we're mm. building it, you know, like Central Otago, we're, you know, 20, 30 years old. That's tiny. So just learning to, um, to you know, get that confidence in front of other people, particularly when you're telling, talking about your own product as well because yeah, you know, your you heart's in it. Yeah. yeah. If you can't communicate your story um, and your wines and talk about them, then you're going to have trouble selling them. So it was just something I had to engage really hard. I mean, I didn't go to any courses or anything. I actually just found out that if I just break down that bit of a barrier and go and meet people, they're just humans as well. And they're actually – Nine times out of ten, super interested to hear what you're talking about. Mm. You know, if they're really into wine. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, because you, you know the story and, and you can answer all the questions, I suppose. Yeah, oh, no, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah they can ask yeah. all sorts of yeah. random things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, great, mm. great. And um, so you've obviously come come quite a long way, put in a lot of effort in the last sort of six years or so. And Well, we started off just focusing on um, getting the wines out there. Um, and that sort of thing and then in the last sort of couple of years I've uh, taken over um, the Bendigo Station Chinaman's Terrace Vineyard and I've planted um, my own vineyard up on uh, the Schoolhouse Terrace so I'm actually um, I've got fruit from all the little uh, miniature sub-regions of, of Bendigo mm-hmm. so I've got Schoolhouse Terrace the Loop Road Terraces and um, Chinaman's Terrace so that's really cool and that's going to be something that's the new thing coming on through so first crop I took off the Chinaman's Vineyard this year was to help grow volume uh, uh, and then the the Zola Vineyards, me actually putting my um, foot on the ground and having a bit of ownership of my own land. And that vineyard's named after um, my lovely old dog that I got when I was at university. So he graduated uni with me. Oh, I needed, so, say that again? Uh, my dog Zola, Zola, he's named after Gianfranco Zola, the Italian football player who mm. played for Chelsea. Oh. Um, so my wife said I'm not allowed to call any of our kids Italian football players from or any Chelsea players, so my dog was <laughs> um, So he got a vineyard named after him. Um, right. And I've got his ashes all bury him in there this spring. Um, so yeah, he graduated uni with me and I've had him up until two years ago. He passed away. So I thought, well, you're going to name a uh, vineyard after you. Nice. Our other dog's called BJ. He will not get a vineyard named no, after him no no, no that's, that doesn't have quite the same doesn't have the same ring, ring about it, it. Um, okay and so, so so you bought bought that piece of land the yep. Zola area yep. and um, so who'd you say um, Chinaman Terrace and the school oh, I call the Loop Road Terraces so yes. the, Ch- the Zola Vineyards and the Schoolhouse Terraces yep. okay. uh, the Chinaman's Terrace Vineyard that's the Bendigo Station one I've taken over yep. and then the Loop what I call the Loop Road Terraces that's down on the Loop Road so all original vineyards went in right. so when I was there there was no such thing as Schoolhouse and Chinaman's no so um, Gibston produce Oh, yeah, schoolhouse, one yeah. Of, yeah, schoolhouse. Yeah, schoolhouse. Throw stones at each other there. across the, yes, the fence. That's, yeah. that's their schoolhouse terrace is just sort of next door to me. Yeah, and so um, Paul at um, Prophets Rock is sort of just he's up on the Chinaman's up, terrace up there yeah, as well. Probably yep. punt a football onto his vineyard from there. Could right. throw a stone. Right. Yeah. Small <laughs> arms. Yeah, but no, we're all kind of close. You can see, you can all sort of see all the vineyards that I run. I can see them from one vineyard. I can look down and see them all. So I love, I love that sort of thing. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, well, we won't, um, won't hold it too much against you naming it after a Chelsea player, but that's okay. With you. No, <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, I've supported them since I was five years old. So oh, good just, on you. Yeah, and I always liked Gianfranco Zola. Yeah. Diminutive little Italian guy. Yeah, stuck yeah. with them. That's great. Uh, very good. So we've got to that point about um, uh, where we just ask you if you could have any glass of wine with anyone, um, anywhere. Uh, who would that be? What would it be? And, and where would it be? Um, I actually thought about this because you sent me the question through and uh, I sort of think uh, that wine is a, is a it's a lubricator of a good social thing. I'm not someone who wants to sit down, like if you said, you know, did I, did I want to sit down with Jesus and um, Aretha Franklin and someone else with a, a, a bottle of a wine I could never afford? That wouldn't be my answer. My answer to that is if I could go back to all the guys I went to uni with who've gone out on their own and done their own wine labels, um, some of them have gone absolutely crazy, whack job natural wine Western Australia living in the bush too long uh, through to quite commercial guys have been really successful financially so what I'd do is I'd probably roll back the years would probably go back to Adelaide all bring bottles of our own stuff something special I've got a cellar that I've left in Adelaide since I left in 2001 of uh-huh. mid 90s Aussie Reed so I'd say we'd just have a big old booze up on our wines we've made yeah. since we left uni, uh, and then anything I've left rattling around in Adelaide. So yeah, yeah, be quite a mix, pretty quite a boozy night. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Nice. I'm not. I can't afford. I can't afford the fancy wine. Yeah, you know, I'm a. I'm, a, I'm in the industry of producing wine. Yeah, well, yeah. it sounds like you'd have some nice things to share anyway. Oh no, we definitely would. Yeah, yeah there'd be plenty yeah. of champagne rolling around. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. very. It'd be great, and with all the. Uh, with all the people you'd study with and see, oh, see we're, always, they... we're all in touch. Yeah, no, we oh, speak nice. really regularly. Right. Swap ideas. This is a problem. What do you think about that? Ah, okay. uh, if we can help each other out in different markets, yeah, uh, that sort of thing. You know, I'm up in Auckland. I'm meeting people in Auckland all the time. There's there's nothing competitive about me showing a mate's wine from Aussie and vice versa. Yep. Tips in Melbourne, Sydney, that sort of thing. Yep. So, um, yeah, you got that little old old school network from from yep. uni days. Quite which very is great. collegial. Yeah. yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Helping help each other out. Well, and I think, um, you know, generally that, that's what I seem to see in the industry is that everyone sort of helps each other out. There's a big enough market that, um, you know, just because someone's buying yours isn't necessarily mean, meaning that they're not buying someone else's as well. You know, it's a little like, no, it's not. Yeah, I think, I think you've got to, it's the whole package of good quality wine, good price point, and they like you. You can mm. have the best wine, the mm. best price point. If you're a total dick, people won't buy your wine mm. unless they have to because it's a cult wine or something. So it's got to be, um, yeah, it's got to be the full package really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I've got a little bit of a theory with um, with, with food and wine. When, when you're experiencing it, when you're, when you're somewhere enjoying it at a restaurant or something or whatever, or someone's produced something, um, you actually uh, want to have that um, – that love, that good intention, you know, that passion. Yeah, yeah. It, um, because I think it reflects otherwise if it's if it's not, you know, if it's purely commercial, you sort of almost somehow pick up on that, you know. So. Well, what we're sort of looking to do with the vineyard too is um, we've got a bit of land that we can use uh, and we're going to put in, um, Mike who works with me, we're going to put in a like a veggie garden patch so we're going to try and make as self-sufficient as we can up there. We're not crazy hippies building a bunker up there or anything, but we want to just sort of, we've got this land, we've got the opportunity to put some um, vegetables in, we can run some sheep, you know, have a couple of cows in there, so we can actually do a lot of things and Mike's into making cheese so you probably want to get some goats and things like that but goats mm. and vineyards aren't always a good mix they can do a lot of damage but um, if we can sort of make that sort of thing um, and then you can actually sit down at dinner time and eat everything off that yeah. property oh, yeah. it's mm. quite cool yeah no, that's you know? fantastic yeah. yeah very good oh well that's awesome well thanks Craig thanks for coming in and joining us nice. on our um, our 50th episode Oh, great, 50 is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there'll be another 50 more. Yeah, at least, I'm hoping. A few more stories uh, oh, there's heaps to of, hear. There's heaps of cool people to talk to out in the wine yeah. industry. Yeah. A lot of characters, you know, people are 
quite characters out there. Yeah, no, yeah. it's very good. We're enjoying it. Um, so thanks again. Thanks for coming in. No worries. No, thanks for having us in. It's awesome. Cheers. All right. Bye for now. Cheers. Thanks for joining us for what was episode 50 of the New Zealand Wine Podcast, where we were speaking with Craig Gasson from Lamont Wines. You can find them at lamontwines.co.nz. That's L-A-M-O-N-T wines.co.nz. If you haven't checked out the previous 49 podcasts, then uh, be sure to go back and have a listen to some of those. And also check out some of the other great series on podcast.nz. And on Instagram, you can find us under NZ Wine Podcast. We appreciate your company and we look forward to sharing another New Zealand wine story with you very shortly. Hey, kōna mai. Bye for now.